Welcome to RTE Junior's We Love Books, where we just love everything about kids' books. We love the stories, the pictures, the topics, the humour. We love when it gets a bit weird and a bit disgusting. We love when it gets a bit magic and fantastical. We love it all. My name is Neve, and today we're getting furry but deadly. We meet a ninja called Toto and the human whose job it is to feed her, Dermot O'Leary. You might know him as the presenter of X. Factor, but he's also written three fantastic books all about his two cats and the adventures they get up to. We're also going to be hearing from our own in-house word ninja, Mr. Dave Rudden, who's bringing us his top two-minute writing tips. But first, let's hear about some of your favourite books. My favourite book is, well, it's not one book, it's a book series. My favourite books are the Malawi books. They're about unicorns who are in... Pegasus who are in um, a school when they have to learn their magic powers and then there's the main character who, who I used to think was called Chloe until after one year of reading the books I realised she was called Cleo. My f- favourite book is Fantastic Mr Fox because it's fun and at the end they have a big party. My favourite book is the Thing by David Williams. Last year, my brother, uh, he was just born, so he kept taking the books off me, and he kept like going like and and opening them and trying to read them, but he couldn't read them. My favorite book is Judy Moody, and every book, and um, there's a thing that you have to sort out. Like once she forgot her project, and then she has a brother called Stink, which stinks. And then Sting has a pet and um, stick, which is really stinky. I like about the little brother Stink. This is a podcast about books. I mean, the clue is literally in the name. And on Thursday, March the 5th, it was my parents' wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary, Tom and Peg. But it was also special for another reason. That was World Book Day. I had heard a rumour that the girls of the Theresian School were going to dress up as their favourite literary character for the day. So I just had to drop by for a cup of tea. I met the girls of third class in the library, as well as their librarian Robin and their teacher Madeline, both of whom were dressed up, of course, to find out who they all came as. I'm Robin. I'm the librarian at the Tracy Inn School. So today, for World Book Day, I am dressed up as Augustus Gloop from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Some would say it's indescribable, but I am wearing a tweed jacket, out of which is poking my golden ticket. I have a green shirt, which is stuffed with a cushion. And I have my little brown brogues and my little brown socks. I'm dressed up as Alba from Riddle of the Runes and Way of the Waves because she's really adventurous and she and there's mystery as well in the book. Delia from Tom Gates. She likes her phone and she likes wearing black. I just got a popcorn box and covered it with black and printed out a home screen of her phone. <laughs> <laughs> very, it very looks like a walkie-talkie. We Mi- are the we couple. Are the twins. This is Mr. Twit and I'm Mrs. Twit. <laughs> So first I was dressing up as Mrs. Twin and then she was like, oh, can I be Mrs. Twin? And I was like, oh, sure, let's go. <laughs> I have a unibrow with tape on it. <laughs> it looks like an animal. How rude. <laughs> I am Rockstar Granny. 
and I have a t-shirt. I cut it and now I dress up as Roster Granny with her glasses. Dennis the Menace from Beano. He's always <laughs> being annoying and I'm always being annoying to my little sister because I always am punching her. <laughs> She's like two or three. <laughs> three. And she's very aggressive and brave. I'm Stickman. <laughs> <laughs> I like him because he goes on an adventure. He looks like a, wa a, a round twig with arms and legs. I'm dressed up as Amy from Little Women. I'm wearing a dress. It's you dress with pink flowers. It's, it's really, really pretty. Uh, I, it's really it, pretty. It, it has it's pink underneath. It's like a wedding dress to me. It's really pretty. I'm very pretty. <laughs> I'm dressed up as a taco because it's my favorite food. And also because dinosaurs love tacos. I like this book because um, it's also a kitty book and my dad's brother, he loved this book as well. I'm a unicorn named Isabel. I'm from the Unicorns of Blossom Wood. I'm dressing up as Cleopatra from Horrible Histories. She's Greek, but she was the queen of Egypt for a while. I'm Miss Trenchbob. I just like how she dressed up like this. It's very chic. I'm dressed up as Peter Rabbit. And I made bunny ears with paper. I'm dressed up as McGregor from Peter Rabbit. Ronaldo. I have loads of bubble books. I'm wearing a Matilda costume. Because I like the way how she's really young and like she's like really good. The Mad Hatter. I have a collar and I have a hat and I have a big kooky dress. So I am the teacher of the wonderful third class in the Theresa School. My name is Madeline and for World Book Day I am dressed as Winnie the Pooh. I am wearing an awful lot of yellow and I have a red t-shirt on, I have my little bear ears and I have drawn on a little bear nose as well. Now on We Love Books, it's time for We Love Reviews. Andrew tells us all about Catherine Doyle's new book, The Lost Tide Warriors, in which Fionn Boyle, stormkeeper of Aranmore, has to think fast when thousands of terrifying soul stalkers arrive on his island. Scary. Hi, my name is Andrew, and I read The Lost Tide Warriors by Catherine Doyle. This book is about last-minute adventures from finding marrows to magical seashells. By the way, a marrow is a magical sea creature. My favourite character in this book is Evie, Finn's mum, because she is so protective with her kids, though she's got a warrior's heart. My favourite thing in this book is that there is so much magic within it and that there are so many legends and myths. The one thing I didn't like about this book was that the ending is so sad and is full of lots of tears. Overall, this is an amazing book and I would really recommend you to read it. A Witch Alone by James Nicholl. Arian Wynne, a newly qualified witch, and her best friend Sal attend the King's Parade. Whilst there, they meet Jimma, a mean and annoying witch who Arian Wynne has had previous unpleasant encounters with. Strange happenings take place during the parade. Arian Wynne recognises the anxiety among the spectators and tries to prevent anything more happening. Unknown to Arian Wynne, the High Elder is observing her actions and seeks her out to complete an assignment for her. This is much to her grandmother's disapproval. 
I found Arian Wynn to be an intriguing character who always sought to do her best for others. This book took a little while to get started, but when I became aware of the assignment, I found myself wanting to read on. I would recommend this book to anyone who likes magic or adventure. That was Ella telling us about the adventures of Ariane Wynne Gribble in A Witch Alone. And sneak preview, next week we may or may not have the author of that particular trilogy in the house in the We Love Books headquarters to tell us all about his magical journey to becoming an author. But don't tell anyone else. Now on We Love Books, it's time to chat to our featured author of the week. And today, it's X Factor's very own Dermot O'Leary. And he shares with us how two little kittens from the south of Italy changed his life. Well, before I ask you about your books, the kids will know you from X Factor, which is very, very exciting. And I wanted to ask you, as someone who has done X Factor for so many years and done so much presenting, what is your favourite thing about being a presenter? Two things. Firstly, live television. I yep. love because you can prep as much as you like but when you go live anything can happen and I love that kind of spontaneity of it uh, so it's definitely live TV because it's such a buzz and secondly I, I've always loved meeting people and interviewing people and the great thing about about X Factor is you still however many years I've done it have no idea who's coming around the corner like you know their name and you might have met them earlier but you've no idea whether they're going to be good or not um, you've no idea uh, what kind of character they properly are. And so, you know, there's a great saying, it's now as queer as folk. And I think yes. every good TV show is kind of based around now as queer as folk. There's no, you know, it's a Yorkshire saying, I think it's saying from the north of England, that there's, not, you know, there's nothing as strange as people or wonderful as people. And that's what I love about about doing the job because people can be fantastic or can, or they can be like not awful, but eccentric. And that's what, I, that's what I really, I genuinely love about The X Factor. And I love that people, they don't have to be the best singers. People come and it's, have what I call their FA Cup moment. So you know, they come off and even if they've got no's, they've realised they've just sung in front of 5,000 people and have had a great day. So it's, um, yeah, it's those two things, I think. And so it's, I think those are the, the proudest moments, the, mo- the moments that you see people kind of progress and become incredible artists and, and, um, and, and, and proper artists in their own right. Well, there's two people slash cats that you're very proud of. So proud that you wrote three books. Can you tell us about Toto and Silver? They had a really interesting introduction to you, didn't they? They did. <laughs> so um, so me and my wife have a little place down in the heel of Italy, uh, a place called Puglia. And it's right in the... So if, if, if you look at a map of Italy, we'd, and it's, everyone says, oh, it's like a big stiletto boot. And we're right in the heel, right in the tight, like the, the end of the stiletto. And it's in the middle of nowhere. It's very close to the coast. There's lots of stray cats down there. So, in fact, if I ever retire, I might open a cat sanctuary down there. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> and, um, and dogs, actually. A friend of mine actually has just adopted a dog down there. So there's loads of wild animals or, or, or stray animals down there. And like, like a lot of people when they go on holiday, we always feed any cats or anything that, you know, sort of turns up. And there was a few years ago, there was a cat called Plaxi. Who, uh, we rent the villa out, so Plaxi actually kind of lived around the villa and, and looked after it for us, made sure that, you know, kept the rodents at bay and stuff. And one year, Plaxi was very pregnant, and I had to come back early, a day early. And my wife, Dee, called me and just went, just to let you know, she's having the kittens in her pillowcase. <laughs> so my wife, Dee, then stayed up and helped deliver the kittens. Wow. Uh, with the cat, yeah. And then we were going to get a dog that year. And then <laughs> that, was, um, that was kind of it. I mean, we just went, well, we have to... 
that's that's fate. <laughs> yeah. It's God's way of saying, listen, you, you you know, you need to take a couple of cats. So yeah. a, a neighbour took a couple, and we took a couple, and and friends of ours looked at, looked after them for a couple of months, and then we brought them back to London, and uh, and they've been here ever since. Now we realised quite early that Toto was quite was was almost 100% blind, but she had incredible reactions, so she could see breaks in light and so forth. Wow. And uh, and so we started calling her uh, our little ninja, and then before you know it. The you know like all people with pets you you kind of create the, their double life don't you a little yes bit. and before we know it, I had these ideas for for the books and then so I had one idea and then suddenly I've sort of created as the books have gone on this whole other world that cat that the, the animals of of the UK and the whole world actually but it's mainly based in London um, live this kind of subterranean and nocturnal life. Yeah, it's much more exciting than mine. For our... Well, it's much more exciting. I mean, cats are very cool. So yeah, it's cats much are very more cool. Than all of ours, to be fair. I'd like to go to Castlebury. Yeah. Can you tell us about Toto's latest adventure for the kids who maybe haven't heard of Castlebury? Sure. Well, so she's had the first two books. She's is peppered with adventure. So Toto is actually a. Uh, it turned. It transpires that she's been recruited by Larry, the Ten Downing Street cat, to be uh, his deputy as the the UK branch of the um, the ancient order of the international cat ninjas. So it's Dublin would have its job. own yes. um, uh, cat ninja of making sure that the, the, the president, prime ministers uh, around the world don't do anything stupid. <laughs> and so they're there. They're there just to keep an eye on the humans, just to make sure they don't do anything stupid. So Toto's yeah, had a couple of missions. She's exhausted. She's absolutely knackered. And she needs some time off. And so Silver, her brother, and her best friend Catface, who's a rat who lives, lives his life like a cat, who looks, looks a lot like a cat, <laughs> They come up with an idea that they should go to the annual music festival of Catstonbury. And Toto doesn't really want to go. She's kind of tired and she just wants to have a couple of weeks off where she just eats, sleeps and cleans herself, um, which is what most cats do 20 hours of the day. And um, <laughs> and she, but they convince her. And so they go down and she thinks it's going to be a nice, fun weekend. And of course, there's a massive crime going on. And so she has to save the day. No small task. And it's very, very exciting read. I think one of my favourite things about the book is the puns. I think they're brilliant and they're oh, hilarious. <laughs> what is your favourite thing about the books? I love creating the world that animals live in. Yes. And I think as the books have gone on, I love... Um, it's it's the subtle... So it's where, it's where they go for drinks. So, for example, in the second book, I wanted to create this whole... The idea that, you know, when our cats and dogs go out of an evening um, and we think they go into the garden, they actually... You know, Essentially, go to the pub and drink sour milk and and uh, and 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 or milk of very milk and cream. And so I was walking along um, along the south bank of the, of the River Thames, and there's all these lovely bridges in London, very old bridges. And there's one called Blackfriars Bridge, and the and the Thames is tidal. So so as the tide was going out, I just looked across the the water, and I thought, hang on, what a great idea to have a little animals pub underneath the bridge because the humans wouldn't see it and the idea is all the animals would go to you know there's several around London what all the animals would go to there and also I love the idea of it being an old so I grew up sort of my parents came over from Ireland in the late 60s and I grew up over here in the early 70s and we'd spend a lot of time in northwest London which at the time was a big Irish community still now but at the time a massive Irish community and we'd spend a lot of time with my auntie Angela so we'd go to Mass in the morning and then Angie would always cook us a lovely roast dinner and then we'd always watch these wonderful films that kind of made me fall in love with the Victorian era of London. So Oliver Twist or uh, My Fair Lady or, you know, these kind of lovely old homages to London. And I kind of wanted to sort of tip my hat, I suppose, to, to London in, in, in that sense as well. So the books allowed me to do that. 
Well, while we had Dermot in our clutches here at the We Love Books headquarters, I wanted to get to know him just a little bit better. So I did a quick fire round of book-related questions. What was your favourite book as a child? Well, I mean, several, but the one that stands out for me that I sort of went back to recently, actually, was Fantastic Mr Fox by Roald Dahl. Um, yeah, and I think that, that I think the movie, the, the Wes Anderson film, was fantastic as well. Uh, yeah. It's just, a, it's just a, a brilliant, smart, funny story. What is the one writing tip you would give kids who would love to write? I think the most important thing, and this is going to sound so obvious, the most important thing is put pen to paper and see where your imagination takes you. So map out your story and map out your, your what they call, I suppose, your narrative arc. So just where you, your middle, you know, your beginning, your middle and your end. But don't be afraid to go off script and do, write a couple of chapters where you go off topic. But the most important thing for kids, I think, is be fearless. Just write write what you want to write because you, you can always you can always edit it you, know, you can always take bits out and you can always add other bits so just just put pen to paper finally what is your favorite thing about writing kids books well it's twofold i love creating the world of uh that my that my cats live in but i also and i had no idea it was it was going to be as um fulfilling as it is i i love when i go and do school visits um, or book festival visits and you engage with people that actually read what you're writing and I think that's 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 been something that's sort of not necessarily taken me by surprise but uh, it, I, I probably got more out of than I thought I would Well if you've been following the We Love Books show from the very start you'll know that now it's over to you. If you've ever wanted to be a writer but didn't know where to start, well, we've got the guy to put you in the know. Here is your two-minute writing tip with author extraordinaire Dave Rudden. Hi, I'm Dave Rudden, author of Knights of the Borrowed Dark. This is your two-minute tip on plotting some problems. Start the clock. In episode two, we talked about how you take an idea and start questioning it, developing it out. So now... You're a bit like a chef at the start of a cooking show. All your ingredients are laid out before you nice and neat. You've got a couple ideas for a main character, a couple of cool scenes. The problem is, now you have to figure out how to get started. I want you to go get a sheet of paper and a pen. Pause me, I'll wait. And we're back. At the left margin of the page, write the letter A. Then, draw a line to the far right and write B. A is your character at the start. B is where they want to be. And that white space in the middle is going to be full of problems. Problems are great. Problems are what create stories. Every book, TV show, game, film, comic or anime you've ever seen can all be boiled down to one sentence. Character tries to solve problem. Maybe the problem is falling in love. Maybe it's winning the ice skating championship. Maybe it's being a werewolf. Maybe it's Thanos. But if you want to write a story, give a character a problem, make them try and solve it. Now, if you play video games, you already know this. Problem shows up, you defeat it. And what do you get? A reward, a new skill, some more knowledge, maybe some more knowledge about the next challenge you have to face. And most importantly, these problems start small and get bigger and tougher and tougher, just like the character. Now, 
What the problems are depend on your story. Fantasy stories have monster problems. Heist stories have guards and security systems. School stories have politics and bullies. Again, you are in charge. What kind of problems do you like to see get defeated? All right, we're short on time. Here is your challenge. I want you to pick a type of story, sci-fi, horror, sport, whatever, and send me your problems. Story problems, that is. I am a disembodied voice and I'm not qualified for any real problems. But send me challenges, because next time we're going to talk about the characters who are going to be facing them. Dave out. Now, usually on We Love Books, this part of the show belongs to you. I hand my microphone over to one talented young reader and writer and I ask them to tell me one of their very own stories. But we're going to break the rule today because while our featured author Dermot O'Leary was in with us, he agreed to give us a sneak peek into his new book, Toto the Ninja Cat and the Superstar Catastrophe. Take it away, Dermot. So at this point in the story, uh, Toto, Silver, her brother, uh, best friend Catface. Catface has sorted out the tickets to the um, animal, um, famous animal music festival of Catstonbury. They're on board an old-fashioned sleeper train going down to the West Country, the Riviera, which exists. It's not an old-fashioned train, but it's a really lovely overnight train that you can get down to the West Country, which, you know, any of your listeners, I really heartily recommend either going to Scotland or go down to Cornwall in the sleeper train. It's wonderful. So earlier in the evening, they met an egotistical musician uh, called Johnny. Not based on anyone, I promise. Uh, and Toto had a sense something fishy was going on, but she couldn't exactly put her paw on it. Now, she's gone back to her room, her berth, and um, and she's trying to get some sleep. And she's, she's, she's just fallen asleep. And she's just feeling uneasy about the meeting she's had with this guy earlier on. And a jolt from the giant locomotive awoke her. She sat bolt upright, the sun now long gone, replaced by a cloudless moonlit sky, which illuminated the cabin and made it easy for her to get her bearings. Rubbing the sleep from her eyes, she glanced over at the other bed in the berth, where she could just make out the shape of her brother, curled around his own bushy tail, fast asleep and snoring gently. No waking you, belly full of milk, I imagine, she thought. She laid back in her bed and tried to drift off again, looking out the window, up at the ceiling and around the cabin. She could make out the shadowy shapes of the beautiful iron luggage rack above her, the white porcelain wash basement, and in the corner of the room, the tall hat stand that... Wait a minute, she thought. There was no hat stand there when I came to bed. The ninja leapt out of her bed just in time as the hat stand came to life and brought a lethal wooden rolling pin crashing down, missing Toto by a hair's breadth and smashing the bedside lamp. The hat stand, which is now obvious to Toto, wasn't a hat stand, but actually a gigantic Siberian cat, looked down and sneered, I'm the ticket inspector, and it looks like you don't have a valid one to be on this train. He cackled and took another swing at Toto's head. Once more, she evaded the blow and dived across her brother's head, accidentally landing with one foot on his head. Although she knew she had to think of something fast, she was momentarily distracted. How in the world was Silver still asleep. she just landed on his head, was now standing with one paw in his ear and he was still snoring away like he was back in his basket back home. Oh, I heard you were fast, but come on. Where are you going to run to? The gigantic cat said. My boss says you have to get off this train. So be a good girl. Let me crack you over the head with this rolling pin and chuck you out the window so we can all get on with our evening. The hench cat grumbled. The window, Toto thought. That's my chance. In these close quarters, Toto knew she could hardly use any of a ninja moves, but she had windows and walls to bounce off, and sometimes that's all a ninja needs. Her assailant approached her menacingly, thinking he had her cornered. 
he raised the rolling pin to deliver the deadly blow. Just as the wooden bat was about to make contact with Toto, she used her still sleeping brother as a springboard and pushed him safely off with her hind legs, launching herself through the cabin and out of harm's way. As the rolling pin connected harmlessly with the fluffy pillow, the lumbering henchcat had made a big mistake, using his full weight of his body in the blow. Sensing a chance, she jumped up to the window, deftly unlocking it and opening it, and then she pushed off once again towards the henchcat. And before he knew what had hit him, she hit him right in the jaw. The blow sent him bouncing off a wall, spinning right around, so he faced the open window. He was dizzy and dazed, so a simple kick at the bottom sent him screaming, tumbling out into the verge below. Sorry to disappoint you. It's not my stop yet, Toto called out to him as she closed the window, feeling very pleased with herself. She looked around to see Stilver on the floor, still snoring his head off. <sighs> I wish someone would have been awake to hear that, she muttered. That was Dermot O'Leary reading from his third book for kids, Toto the Ninja Cat and the Superstar Catastrophe. Well, that's all from us today here on We Love Books. I'm Neve McManus and I would like to thank you for listening. Be sure to join me next time when we sprinkle a little bit of magic onto our fourth episode. Just don't fall off your brooms. Get in touch via email with the permission of a parent or guardian to welovebooks at rte.ie. And as always, happy reading. Happy reading.